You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. It's such a pleasure to be here this morning. And uh, I got some good breakfast for us. Anybody hungry this morning? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So um, I'm not going to do a lot of preliminary speaking as far as getting to know you, you getting to know me. We do more of that in the next session. But I have something that uh, is on my heart and I want to deposit it into your spirit this morning. I want to direct your attention to the New Testament book of Philippians, the first chapter, the New Testament book of Philippians, chapter one. And uh, we're going to look at verse number nine and verse 10. And uh, this is a prayer of the Apostle Paul. And I believe it's a prayer for us in the day we're living in now. These are incredible days we are living in now. And um, when I read this prayer, I would say, Lord, this is so important for the church today. Philippians chapter one. And this is what I like for us to do. It's only two verses, so I, I would like for all of us to read it out loud together. We'll be reading from the King James Version, and so let's, let's do it together in unison. Are you ready? All right, beginning in verse number 9, Philippians chapter 1 and 10, let's go. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, and that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Amen. That you may be sincere. And this is the, the main focus I want to talk about this morning. And without offense until the day of Christ, until the coming of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, your word, God, is a mirror. Your word is a hammer. Your word is a lamp on our feet. We are gathered here today to hear from you. Speak to us, oh God. Minister to us, Lord. Let our hearts be open. Let our minds be open to receive from you. And let your perfect will be done, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone say amen. Again, I want to talk to you on this topic without offense without offense here in the book of Philippians the apostle Paul started his prayer it's a prayer for spiritual maturity we need spiritual maturity now more than ever before after coming through this crisis coming through this past year of this virus and all the, the struggles and all of the tests that we've been through the last thing in the world we need to do is get back to normal I hear people everywhere saying, oh, if we could just get back to normal. No, 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 no. Normal is what got us in the mess. We don't need to get back to normal. If anything, we need to be more radical than anything else. Amen. Praise God. Something has had to happen to us to change us to be more like Christ. Paul's prayer is that we grow in spiritual maturity, and it starts with Love. <laughs> he prayed for abounding love, not only abounding love, but discerning love. 
that you can tell the difference between things that are godly and things that are not. And then he prayed for Christian character that we may be sincere and without offense. Now, how many here today believe that we're living in the end times? Not everybody, right? I mean, raise your hand if you believe we're living in the end times. I tell you, I believe it more now than I've ever believed it before. These are the end times. I believe we are the generation that's going to see the coming of the Lord. And all the signs that are around us in Matthew 24, the disciples asked the Lord, Lord, uh, when shall these things be? And when are the signs of you coming back again? What, how can we know we're living at the end of the world? And then Jesus began to give them some things to look for. In Matthew 24, beginning in verse number 10 through verse 14, Jesus began to speak of some things concerning the hour we're living in now. But it's un un notice this, though, before he even got to this part, and they asked him the question, what are the signs? What are the signs? Um, in the chapter 24 of Matthew is, is known as prophecy and a prophetic uh, description of the end times. And the Lord began to list um, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, pestilence, disease, signs in the heavens, signs upon the earth. We all familiar with those particular scriptures. But I noticed that even before he began to list those particular signs, Jesus said, take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. And then he ended it by saying, many shall be offended. Amen. Deception and being offended is one of the key signs of the times we're living in. And in here in, in the uh, 10th verse of Matthew 24, Jesus was continuing on. He said, and then shall many, everyone say many, shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Now, I don't necessarily think that he's just talking about the spirit that's in the world. I'm thinking he's warning the church. Can you imagine in the church people being offended? Can you imagine in the church people betraying one another in the church, brothers and sisters hating one another? Oh, not only that, he said, but many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. He said, many shall be offended. He said, there shall be much deception in the world in the church age that we're living in now. People today are so easily offended. I'm telling you what, man, I tell you, folks come in with chips on their shoulders. They come in with attitudes. They come in the church, even in the church. And especially during this, this period of time we just come through, I have never witnessed so much offense among the children of God. And I'm sitting there thinking, I said, why, why do we allow ourselves to be open to this? Jesus warned us that now there is a spirit of deception that has been unleashed among the world. You can't tell who's telling the truth anymore. You don't know who to depend on. I mean, you, you go to CNN. Are they telling the truth? 
You look at Fox News. Are they telling the truth? You don't know what news broadcaster to, to put your faith in because everything is tainted and everything is, is, is manipulated. He said, well, seeing is believing. You can't even believe stuff you see anymore. I've seen videos that people had, had edited and, 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 and manufactured and you look at it and you think it's the truth and it's not the truth. There is an incredible spirit of deception that has taken over the world. Amen. We got to be careful as the church that we don't allow all this stuff to get into us. I mean, I'm talking about economic situations. I'm talking about social situations. I'm talking about political situations. Oh, my goodness. I've never seen the church get so affected by the junk that's around in this world. Oh, man, I tell you what, we live in an old day now where everybody's so easily offended that we don't even have any any heroes anymore. What happened to our heroes? What happened to those that we would look up to and look forward to for inspiration and 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 and, and just lift them up as being examples? We used to have heroes. We had men like Abraham Lincoln. We had, we had men like Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King. We had heroes. But now they have looked at all of the heroes and people have purposely examined their lives to find junk, to find trash, to find something to be offended by. It's in there, all our heroes are being torn down. They're being ripped down. And people that would inspire to that position don't want it because they become targets. So, so because of people being offended, we don't have any heroes anymore. I never thought today I'd see where people get offended over Aunt Jemima. Why would Aunt Jemima offend you? I mean, people say, oh, we don't like that image. So they, they, they updated Aunt Jemima and made her come into the 20th century. But that's not good enough. They still offended. So now they want to get rid of her altogether. Somebody get offended. Can you, can you imagine people offended at Dr. Zeus? When I heard that, I'm thinking they taking some of his books off. And I'm like, Why? Well, somebody got offended because one of the little cartoon characters looked like something is, and they made somebody upset. And like, get over it. People get offended. The the uh, the, the titles or logos are uh, of football teams. So we don't we don't like that 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 emblem. We don't we don't like that. That offends us. Things that have been around for for decades because somebody get offended. They want to get rid of it. And this thing is happening all around us. They got this woke thing going on and and and, and people just looking for reasons to be upset. And, and when, if you're not careful and, and it has it has gotten into the church. Saints of God so affected by the things, you know, the apostle Paul said, don't be entangled with the things of this world that you may please him that have called you to be a soldier. Brothers and sisters, we are not of the world. 
and the things that are happening in the world should not affect us. We should be affecting the things that are happening in the world. But there are things that, that, I mean, the devil is so manipulative and he's very clever and he works very patiently. Now, both, all of us already said we believe we're living in the end times. Isn't that right? We do believe these are the end times. So living in the end times, we know the war is intensifying and this is warfare. It's not easy living for God in the end times. We can't casually just take for granted our salvation. Now, more than ever, you and I need to work out our salvation. We need to work this thing out every single day. See, some of us are too relaxed. Even right now, we're too relaxed. But we need to be on our tippy toes. We need to have on the helmet of salvation. We need to have on the breastplate of righteousness. We need to have the sword of the spirit. Our feet fought, amen, with the preparation of the gospel and the shield of faith. This is war. And the Apostle Paul said, church, wake up. It's high time to wake up out of sleep. Boy, if we need to be radical, we need to be radical now. Radical apostolic. Worship radical. Praise radical. Come to church radical. Amen. Ready to take dominion. Because this is war. Now, the scripture says the devil knows. Oh, the devil is not dumb. The devil knows his time is short and he's in this world with a vengeance. And the devil is having his own end time revival and he's determined to win as many souls to hell as he can. Now the devil is not taking breaks. The devil is not going on vacation and he's not taking any rest periods. He is working overtime using every tool at his disposal to destroy what God has determined for the end time church. Now, 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 knowing this, knowing we are living in the end times and knowing the devil knows his time is short and he is in the world with a vengeance. We need to have our antennas tuned. We need to be on the alert because the enemy is like a lion. He's walking around seeking whom he may devour. The devil is looking for people who can be easily offended. Amen. How can we protect ourselves from being so easily offended? We need to be people of the word. We need to be people of the word, brothers and sisters. Amen. We're living in an age now, and it, it, is, it, it, it boggles my imagination. I, I just can't understand it sometimes. Over the last, probably over the last six or seven years, I've noticed, I noticed a trend in the apostolic churches, the ones that I've been preaching and visiting. I noticed something going on. And, and to be honest with you, it disturbs me even more now than before. Because now I seem I can see the, the strategy of the enemy and how he has, amen, uh, uh, fooled the church into thinking there's no problem with this situation. There is a problem. Let me tell you what the problem is. Children of God, warriors in the army of the Lord, come into the battle unarmed. What do you mean, Brother Easter? Coming to church without your Bibles. 
I stood in the pulpit one service, and I said, let's all stand. Everyone get your Bibles. We're going to this chapter. We're going to this verse. And man, I looked across the congregation. I saw a lot of empty hands. And then I said, okay, maybe I'm imagining things. Everybody with a Bible, lift your Bible up in the air. I looked, and I saw telephones and iPads. and I'm like, no. I said, lift your Bibles in the air. Oh, brother, my Bible on my phone. I said, you're right. Your Bible is on your phone. That's your phone. Not only is your Bible on your phone, but 100,000 other things is on your phone. And if you know the truth to be told, you're not going to stay focused on your Bible with your phone because 20 minutes after the preacher started preaching, you're checking your emails. You're texting your friends. Amen. It's a distraction. Well, Brother Easter, the scripture's going to be on the screen. I've never seen the devil use a trick so effectively. Here we apostolic, Holy Ghost, Jesus name, people, people of the word. And the devil said, we, we, it's hard dealing with them. Those people are committed. Those people are dedicated. And the devil come up with a plan. I know how we can get them. How we can get them. Get them to come to church without their Bibles. That'll never happen. Back in the day, folks, you couldn't imagine. You couldn't see people come to church without Bibles. Apostolics had Bibles in their car. They had Bibles in their trucks. They had Bibles in the living room, Bibles in the bathroom, Bibles in the kitchen. They brought Bibles to work. They always had their Bible they can put their hands on. Them little demons said, there ain't no way you can get those apostolics to come to church without Bibles. The devil said, I got a plan. All it's going to take is to put the scriptures on the screen. And they will leave their Bibles at home. Now you and I know this word of God is not like no regular book. It's a living word. And when you got your Bible in your hand and that preacher preaching the word, that word comes alive. That word jumps off the pages, gets in your spirit. That word begin to speak to you and direct you. And, and there's nothing, there's nothing like hearing a word being preached and, 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 it, and it does something to you. You take a marker and you, you underline it and you color it in. And when you mark in your Bible, it becomes your Bible. It internalizes the scriptures into your spirit. And then you get, you, get, you, you get so in tune to your Bible that if you borrow somebody else's Bible, it's not the same. I got to have my Bible. <laughs> Amen. And when you have a relationship with the word of God, you're having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. How you treat the word of God reflects what Jesus means to you. Now leave your Bible at home from now on. Amen. How can we bring a spirit of offense to the church? Get people to leave their Bibles home. Amen. Because you can't tell me you have a relationship with the word of God if you can't bring it to church. I know you're not reading it at home. 
not the way you should. Some people go to the Bible for inspiration. It's more than inspiration. It's instruction. And if the enemy can get you away from that, you become spiritually weak. And what happens when you become spiritually weak, you come to church not based on the word. You come to church based on everything on your feelings, your emotions. Did we have a good service today? Yeah, it wasn't that great. I ain't feel nothing. <laughs> Amen. Everything has started to be about feelings all of a sudden. Feelings. <laughs> nothing more than feelings. And when you started getting into the carnal, you didn't open the door for the devil. And service is all, man, that preacher really, man, he really preached. What did he say? I don't know, but he preached. Because I felt good. I felt, and, and when we get into that area, I'm telling you, we are open the door for the enemy. We are open the door for the enemy, and then the devil started creeping in the church, and we all about in our feelings, in our emotions. And then before long, we started getting offended in the church. There's just a few things that I found recently developing in the church. People, can you believe it, have developed an offense against Christmas. Over the last few years, I'm seeing it more and more and more. Saints of God arguing about the celebration of Christmas. Well, it's not December 25th. We know that. It's full of idolatry, and we know that, and we got all these pagan symbols, and we know all of that, but we're not about that. The angel said, rejoice, 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 for today is born, amen, in the city of David, a Savior. It's worth celebrating. But people get offended. Oh, no, you can't, you can't be celebrating that. And if that's not bad enough, they, they get offended at Thanksgiving now. No, man, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving, eating no turkey and all that stuff. Look what that man did to the Indians. You know? I'm going to tell you something. If you look at anything hard enough to find something wrong, you're going to find it everywhere. Oh, I'm offended. I'm, I'm offended. We, we celebrate Thanksgiving. I'm offended. When you just offended then. People, people get offended at holiness. Holiness. The Bible says, without which no man shall see the Lord. <coughs> We're living in a time now people get offended because you preach truth. You shouldn't wear your hair like that. You shouldn't dress like that. You shouldn't look at those kind of things. And people get, get offended. Who do you think you are? Nobody's perfect. God certainly don't expect us to live like this. Nobody's perfect. And then they get to that thing, you know, you can't judge. That's the devil's favorite verse. <laughs> you can't judge. And then some of them get that little attitude. Well, I don't care what you say. God knows my heart. And you know what? That ought to scare you. Because he knows you're hard-headed, rebellious. He knows you're stiff-necked. He knows, amen. 
getting all in our feelings and stuff, so easily offended. And then, Pastor, the one thing I thought I'd never see in an apostolic church, and I've seen it affect even those that were in ministry. They're no longer with us because they got offended at the name of Jesus. Now, I can see you getting offended with this and offended with that, but you don't mess with the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall... Oh, you don't touch the name of Jesus. (laughs) Amen. But people have allowed a spirit of offense to come in. And they have tried to find something wrong with the name of Jesus. And folks have been, been, you know, just betrayed and deceived. And and they think they know something that nobody else knows. One guy called me up one day. Hey, hey, Brother Easter, I got a revelation. I said, here we go. (laughs) I saw this on YouTube. That's your first mistake. Man, this guy brought out this information concerning the name of Jesus. That's not the name. I said, what? He said, bro, get me here. We need to be calling him what the disciples called him. They didn't call him Jesus. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's all over the New Testament. He said, no, no, no. That's not the language they spoke back then. In fact, back in the days of the disciples, that wasn't even the letter J. It got me for a minute. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, maybe there's something here. And then it hit me. God knows the ending from the beginning. God knew there won't no letter J then, but he knew there was going to be a letter J today. <laughs> Hallelujah. And in that day, in that day, his name shall be one. And in that day, his name is Jesus. It's undeniable. His name is Jesus. You don't have to learn Hebrew. You don't have to learn Greek. You don't have to learn Latin. All you need to know is that name is a name that has been exalted and lifted up. Every nation around the world know that name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. And people want to act like they so intelligent when they try to use all these Hebrew names and Greek names. And you see them all over Facebook, you know, uh, in the name of Yahushua and, and, and Mashua Shakaraki, something like that. I don't know how to say it, but, but it appeals to their pride. Like, I'm smart. I know something you don't know. Well, I know something that you don't know. And if you don't straighten up... Deception and people being offended because they're into their feelings. Oh, brothers and sisters, once the church started leaving their Bibles at home and then even ministry made the mistake many times of just getting people hyped up and people started jumping and shouting and they think that's a good service. Amen. Once the enemy got the church in this place where people are into their emotions, then the devil went to work. He went to work during this pandemic. This pandemic, what what, what caused this pandemic? What did it come from? Somebody say, this was Satan 
Somebody say, it was the Lord. Somebody say, we don't know. It was China. I don't know. But it came. And guess what? It's still here. I mean, we're such in a big hurry to, for, you know, to get to beyond this. We need to be careful. It's, it's not over yet. And I'm going to tell you something else. The devil got more tricks up his sleeve. All right. But when this pandemic hit, I started searching the scriptures. And one of my go-to scriptures was, I believe, was uh, First Chronicles or Second Chronicles, chapter 7, where the Lord said, if I send a pestilence, who? If I send disease. And don't tell me God can't do it because he's done it before. If I send this curse, if I send a virus upon the world, if my people, which are called by my name, if you would just humble yourself, if you would pray, if you would seek my face, if you would turn from your wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive your sin and I will heal the land. I said, Lord, it can't be no clearer than that. God is trying to get the attention of the church. Church, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. I am on the throne. Look to me. But see, saints that were into their feelings and emotions, put their thumb in their mouth, pouting, complaining. How come we can't have church? How come we can't have church? God said, can you worship me in your living room? Can you praise me in your kitchen? Amen. I don't have to fit your terminology. I don't have to fit what you think. I can move without nobody laying hands. I can get that lady the Holy Ghost sitting in the back row without nobody touching her. I am God. I'm the one that's in charge. And so, you know, the church was out of balance because some people start worshiping the builder, the building more than the builder. And we got so much about image and comfort and everything and how things look. And God has said, hey, what about me? I've seen your works. I've seen all the good things you've done, but you, you lost your first love. I'm going to shake some things up here. The end is upon us. And so God, I, feel, I felt God is trying to get the church in order, get the church back, getting close to him. But at the same time, he's sending a message to the world. I'm not dead. I am alive. And while you're worshiping your entertainment and you're worshiping your promiscuity and you're worshiping all of this, I'm going to shut all that down. I'm going to close all that down. Now, world, look to me. God was trying to get everybody's attention, but the devil, he saw so many saints of God easily offended oh man how much time I got because I'm about to get in trouble one minute (laughs) is it worth getting in trouble let me just say this real quick folks let me tell you something the devil is not stupid And he manipulates the world and he gets the world to do different things. And the church people that's walking on their on their on their shoulders, walking in this fleshly realm are so affected by the world. That they get it in the church. And and before you know it, you got people in the church. This over here, a liberal, this over here, conservative. That's not the church. 
That's not the church. How can you be a Christian and you vote for him? Well, how can you be a Christian and you vote for her? That's not the church. We are not of this world. If we were of the world, then we would fight. Then we would protest. But we got a kingdom that is high above this kingdom. Hallelujah. We've been born again, washed in the blood, filled with the Holy Ghost. We're getting ready to get out of here. Don't be offended. Love your brother. Love your sister. And let's grow together in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. Let's give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Oh, isn't he wonderful? <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I hope you got something out of that this morning. Amen. Love one another. Abound. Grow. Amen. We can't love one another enough. And so as we dismiss the Sunday school adult class service, why don't you show that love to somebody you hadn't spoke to this morning? Somebody you hadn't had a chance to greet this morning, go up to them and say, hey, I love you. Amen. Amen. Say something really nice to somebody. Shock somebody. (laughs) Let's all stand together. Praise God. God bless you. You're dismissed. Amen. Dismissed. We'll get back together for worship in a little bit.